Hello everybody, welcome back to Needless Notions, where the notions that we have are, uh, pretty needless. My name is Armand, and I started this podcast to have meaningful discussions with meaningful people, which is something that seems impossible in today's world. This is episode number three, and I had my friends Kevin and Alex come on because they started a band called The Beat Farm. We talked about their music, musical theory, and what music means to them. If you stay tuned until after the show, they gave me permission to play their new song, Notice. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Notions. And with that, enjoy the show. All right, everybody, welcome back to Needless Notions. This is episode number three. And in this episode, I brought in my friends, Kevin and Alex. Kevin and I have been friends for, I want to say, about 20 years now, which is ridiculous and astounding at the same time. <laughs> uh, and Alex, Alex, did you guys used to be roommates in college? I, I met Alex once when I went to visit Kevin in college, and we've kind of we've kind of been in contact here and there. But we're, you guys weren't roommates. You guys were sweet mates. What was it? Yeah, we were sweet mates. You've actually slept in the same room as Alex. I have. I have. I have. That's actually an interesting story because, like, I woke up the next morning and Alex looked at me after me meeting him (laughs) right before I went to sleep. And he was like, hey, I stayed up the entire night and played Assassin's Creed and did laundry. And I was like, that's cool, dude. And then Alex and then Alex was like, and then Alex said, uh, yeah, you don't move a lot when you sleep, and I was like, I know. <laughs> Wait, is it, wasn't it the fact that Armand was like silent, like he didn't no. make any sound? Completely silent. That is still how I sleep. It's it's not that you didn't move much or a lot. You didn't move it at all. You were like, <laughs> I thought you were dead at several points. <laughs> like I was like, oh god, Kevin's friend is dead. <laughs> no, I still sleep like that now. The you know noise is going on in my house, and it's pretty much like I I don't wake up. There have been times where the alarm has gone off, doorbell's gone off, everything. I just don't I don't wake up. There was a person working on my roof last week, and I didn't wake up. <laughs> it's a gift. No kidding. Uh, <laughs> all right, so this episode is about music, kind of, because you guys started on a music venture. So why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, uh, I guess I can start. Um, so back back in the day, it's it going to be a little over five years ago now, but back at school, um, we started up what has now transformed itself into the Beat Farm, mm-hmm. um, which at the beginning was really just, uh, it was the age of SoundCloud rappers. So you had <laughs> a lot of designer going on. And, you know, like, that, that's what was played at all, like, the parties and stuff. And we, we had a roommate who, Fetty Wap, yeah. Fetty Wap, yeah. <laughs> Fetty Wap was a big one. Oh, yep. Yeah. Future also. Um, and all those were being played at all times by one of our roommates. And yeah. <laughs> one day he just popped open his garage bin on his Mac. And we kind of just started messing around, memeing SoundCloud rap, which, you know, it really was the origin point for what has since become the beat form um but yeah i mean it it was it's really just started as a fun thing that has only become more legit as it's gone on Uh, i think i was mentioning before yeah definitely more fun yeah um where i had uh, likened it to the big bang where (laughs) at at first it was just kind of matter of memory that slowly you know conglomerated itself into something a little more meaningful um 
but yeah, I mean, it's been something that we've had going for about five years now, and it's only gotten better uh, as it's gone on. I mean, that's at least how I view it. I don't know if you have anything to uh, say, Alex. <laughs> I th- I am struggling to find any words more beautiful than that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I can't. I rem- I remember it very fondly the beginnings. Uh, I don't remember at all where the name the Beat Farm came from. I don't know if you do. I, I do not. It was not from the <laughs> office. That is the one disclosure. It was not a Dwight Schrute. Oh, like a Dwight reference, Schrute reference. Which okay. I mean, that is what everyone asks when. No, you when know, you say it beat, up. it's B E A T. It's like a drum beat, not a B E E T. Yeah, yes. it's a it's a beat. It's it's a play on words, if you will. On, it's not, it's, it's not even form. really. It's like, <laughs> I, like, yeah, I don't know where it came from. Yeah, I'm not sure where it came from, but it did originate with the Half Apps Beat EP, which mm-hmm. is still on SoundCloud to this day. Uh, which you really gather an appreciation for where the music has gone since then when you listen to it. That's a good segue because I, Alex, did you want to add something else? No, I didn't. uh that's actually like a good segue though because i thought you guys would be the perfect people to kind of come in and talk about music and what music means to you individually and what we think it means as kind of like on a grander scale um so that's what i kind of wanted to start with which i know we gave the intro to the beat farm but what is your personal experience with music i'll let uh i'll let alex go first given that you know Right, Alex okay. is the musician, right? Yeah, you said you said uh, forty minutes. Is... <laughs> um, I don't know how long can you go for. <laughs> I mean, like, well, so I have been playing piano since I was like four or five. Um, Do you want to hear something actually really funny though, really quickly? Yeah, no, please. Today is the absolute first day of my entire life, and it was kind of in an anticipation of the podcast that we were about to do. Was that I sat down and watched a video on how to try to learn how to play the piano. And I learned oh, how to yeah. play a C major scale, oh, and then nice. twinkle, twinkle, the little star. Yeah, there you so go. So today nice. is my first like piano. So I'm I'm the equivalent of you at four years old, basically. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's. I mean, like it's cool. Certainly for me, seeing people like getting into music. Like, I mean, Kevin started to get into like the theory of it, which is great because like I did a degree in like music. And that's all, oh. like, all theory. Oh, so you're, like, a musician-musician. I mean, yeah, I guess. Alex, <laughs> what's what the highest degree that you have in music? A uh, bachelor's. What, what was your master's in? It was in English. Oh, uh, <laughs> okay. Way less impressive, especially for this podcast. <laughs> but, um, no, yeah, I mean, like, but it, it's cool, because, like, I mean, that was all theory. And I really like music theory. I think it's really interesting. Um, but like, I, you can't talk about it with anybody because nobody knows anything about music theory. So Kevin That's started fair. getting into it and I was like, oh yeah, hell yeah. You know, <laughs> do that I, so that I can I talk not... to somebody. I got, I, yeah, that's exactly the text I received from Alex. I was like, Hey, like I'm picking, I'm starting to pick up, especially this summer with, you know, COVID and everything. Uh, I told him, I was like, Hey, like I'm starting to pick up like music theory, and just taking some lessons that include that. And he was like, oh, fuck yes. He's like, someone I can actually talk about music theory with. He's like, there's no one. Okay, yeah, wait. Like... So tell me tell me about what – I know it's a very grand concept. Can you give like an elevator pitch of what music theory is, like what it's about? Uh, 
All right. Well, so like just because I don't know when you say it because to me I'm a lay person so when you say the words music theory to me I I don't know what that means. Yeah. So basically, like I had one professor who kind of likened it to like like uh, you could have like a whole field of butterflies flying around and stuff, and that's just music in the wild. Is having just butterflies flying around. And music theory is basically taking those butterflies and pinning it to a wall uh, and saying, like, you know, this is, you know, going into the anatomy of it. Okay. Um, So, I mean, I guess, which is, I'm butchering his analogy, but, like, that's kind of what it is. It's like... I kind of get what you're saying, though. Yeah, you're examining, like, the bits of it that occur kind of naturally, and then, you know, you're seeing what the patterns that come out. um, I think... To provide a good example of this, um, and it's just kind of something that had happened, right? Is Arma, when you listen to music, right, you just kind of are listening and you're like, oh, nice, like this is good, this is a drop, right? And then when I had started making music with Alex, I kind of would put together, right, beats that had a certain structure to them that now I like talk to Alex and I'm like, I listen back to songs that I did four years ago. And I structured it in this way, and it just so happened to do that because, not because I knew the music theory behind it, but because I had just gotten accustomed to the patterns that occur in the music I listen to, mm-hmm. that I was then replicating those patterns. I mean, that makes sense, though, because I, especially, you know, we went through and described a few artists in the beginning, you know, Fetty Wap, all these, especially with all the like mumble rappers that, are, that have come out in the last few years, all of the beats just sound so similar right is i mean isn't that how music is made in general though isn't can you play the majority of songs on four chords on a guitar or something yeah, like that i mean th- that's the classic like i mean that's kind of a genre thing too is like i mean if you think right. about a, a rock song you know every rock like 50s rock song has got the same three chords in it okay and i mean those three chords i mean are also at the base of you know any other classical piece too you know it's uh not to get too theoretic theory oriented in here but like no i love it it's like so there's natural tendencies based on the scales that we want to hear as listeners Mm -hmm. and so the most basic one is there's a one chord which is the chord that everything is based around right and then there's what's called a five chord which is also called the dominant of the the uh, key and when you're at that five chord all you want to do is get back to the one chord and so you know, as a listener or as a as a player or both. As a listener, as a listener, okay. yeah. And I mean, okay. a composer, the job your job is to just you know frustrate your your listener if you want to. You you try to make it as gratifying as possible to get back to that one chord. So I mean, there's a whole manner of you know, nonsense that you can do. Um, that's I mean, actually very interesting. I never even thought of it like that. Yeah, no, I mean, it's 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 pretty cool, and that's what all a lot of theory is about is just like kind of analyzing the different chords, their relation to each other, their relation within the scale of, of a particular key. Uh, I mean, so that makes sense. I have a, so I have a very brief experience with music music. I played saxophone in high school. That was actually one of the only things that I think I've ever done in my life that I thought I was actually good at was the saxophone. And I took it to take Spanish, which I literally never use once uh, in actual life anymore. And I've forgotten it all. Uh, but I have experience with the saxophone, and I really enjoyed how certain songs were structured in certain ways. But I actually understand what you're saying because 
And is it this is a very different is there is there a group of chords slash music style that is just appealable to all? Because I feel like every single person has a very different taste in music. Yeah, I mean that one one chord and the five chord, I mean there's another the four chord too. And all those numbers are just based on the number of the uh, note in the scale that you're in. Um, but that, I mean, that's a different topic, I guess. But I mean, those those three chords, especially like the one, the four and the five are pretty much everywhere. You see them all over the place. And it's just because that's what people are used to. OK. Um, and I mean, then there, there, there's a different like, you know, meta discussion of why people are used to those chords and why they like hearing them. But that's I'm what... very. In- I actually want to have like a second episode and literally talk about that subject. That is sounds so interesting. I swear to yeah. God. Well, I'm not. I don't know anything about that subject. Oh. But like, I mean, I didn't. I didn't read anything about someone it. Else. <laughs> I know of it, so you know it's it's there. But like, that's very interesting. So then, do you guys use? So to get back to what you were talking about, Kevin, do you use it kind of when you're making music now? So a similar I... method. So we, we have, right? And especially, you know, with more of our recent stuff that we're working on, right? Like we recently, obviously I'm upgrading kind of my knowledge of this. And then also, you know, we're moving into better, you know, digital, you know, workstations, right? We're using Ableton now instead of some funky garage band shit. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we, we actually have been working on a song throughout, you know, the past few months where now we're really kind of keying in on those elements right like the chord progression that we have melodies you know our baseline yeah. um voicing too i mean it's like yep <laughs> delving into it you know it's like not even it's the same chord it's just different different versions of the same chord <laughs> just for like you know sound wise trying to get the right the right sound that we like and so how did you how did you guys go through the process of finding a sound that you liked is it was it so you mentioned again going back to the original artist that you mentioned which was Fetty Wap and Future and all did you guys base I cuz I've listened to your music and it's it's I, I don't even know how to how would you describe it I, I actually don't even know how to describe it uh I, I don't either honestly <laughs> Well, I would like say that meme funk <laughs> did you say meme funk meme funk i guess meme <laughs> funk. At, at i times, would say yeah. that i think that's very accurate actually especially in the beginning there was literally meme funk we had a song called craft <laughs> punk because yeah. a lot of our naming convention in, includes food so obviously the daft punk play there mm-hmm. we had a, a song called funk interlude on the, that was came right before it but i, mm-hmm. I would say that we've moved in like later work that we've done to more of like uh it's honestly we do a lot of different things it, it's more electronic than it used to be we used to be a lot more like hip-hop trap type beat right yeah. coming out of hey like we're memeing soundcloud rappers like <laughs> how far can i push this sub bass so it sounds absolutely <laughs> disgusting right yeah. like that's what i used right. to do i used to go into GarageBand. And I used to find a sub bass loop and I would literally just take the slider and I would put it all the way to max level. <laughs> I, that, that was the music theory that went into <laughs> the early songs was sound engineering. Let, yeah. Sound engineering. True. Yeah. Uh, that went into that was, Hey, like this beat goes pretty hard. I'm just going to max it out on the bass, which like now 
a days that's not the answer <laughs> to making things sound good um it's about finding a lot of you know balance between your groups right like you'll have your synths right which are very important in the music we make nowadays uh if you listen to like limoncello like a lot of that <laughs> has um layering and, and by the way for the listeners out there limoncello is something that we had kind of pieced together pre-covid it's a great it's a great drink it's true it's we've made a uh, homemade limoncello yeah <laughs> Uh, back in the day Um, back when young toad was still in the group (laughs) yeah back when we had the third member (laughs) Um, so so you've had you had a third member so we we did they went on a solo career what happened well you see he choked on vomit (laughs) yeah (laughs) but it wasn't his vomit yeah you can't (laughs) dust for vomit you know yeah you can't can't dust for vomit. vomit it was so, you know, it, it's still an open case, but the police have said that it's that's one of those that's what? better left unsolved. Yeah. Unsolved. I I I do not understand. I think this is an off an off podcast conversation. No, 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 no. no it, that that is it. That's it can stay in the podcast. That's Someone will understand. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, no, I mean, he was uh, he, he was the guy that we had started making like the disgusting trap music with like to meme soundcloud rappers with he was just someone we lived with and then the beat farm had kind of died out for like three years it actually that that's a good thing right i guess more to talk about is we made half apps bdp which sounded gross but was like funny (laughs) right and then we took kind of a break like we didn't really touch it for a while and then coming out of school right like you graduate and i was living by myself out in the upper east side right mm-hmm. and then alex was obviously up in saratoga and that's no, i was know. out in pittsburgh i think oh yeah that. yeah yeah you were at school so he was out in pittsburgh and we weren't seeing each other a bunch and you know i want to keep <laughs> in contact with my friends and i was like hey like and i was t- talking to people at work and they were like what do you like do and i was like haha like I'm in a music group called the beat farm. Like that's funny. Right. And (laughs) it it was just a way of like me meeting, like getting like a talking point for new people. And I was like, why don't we actually like, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I was like, why don't we actually like do more stuff? Like that'd be fun. Um, Which is when, you know, we really started looking into like, Hey, like let's make more music. Right. And then it got into, Hey, like, wouldn't it be hilarious if we released on Spotify and Apple (laughs) music? I think so. And so that's when we came out with harvest season, hashtag harvest season. Of course. Um, Let me me see. No, that was a single. single? That was a single that contains a sample of me and Alex um, singing a Billy Joel song. And he's playing piano. And we were absolutely... What Billy Joel song? Uh, Scenes from Italian. Oh, scenes. Yeah, it was definitely scenes. Um, okay but yeah the funny thing is you can't even find this release on spotify by typing the b farm because (laughs) i didn't know how to release back then so it's only under beat mall which is my like stage name i guess my alias and then alex's is ilbasa with the dollar of course it is oh it was daylit savings that's what it was it wasn't harvest season daylit savings single which was released in 2018 i think I think I still have that on my phone, like downloaded. Yeah, that was a good uh, one. That was the first one we ever released on like Spotify and so, Apple Music. 
so really wait, good. so Alex played the piano. So Alex, you, earlier you said that you've been playing the piano since you were four years old. Is that the only thing you've played, or have you played other things as you've uh, gone on? No, I I I play guitar too. Uh, okay. Little little bass, I guess, and then I I do okay. some, I do some singing. You can catch some of my singing on uh, one of one of our albums, actually. Yeah, sure. Okay. Yeah. Um, but and yeah, then. It. Okay, and Kevin. I, well, you, you play chorus, don't you? Alex has also meddled in the French horn. Ah, uh, yes. I believe. And yes. uh, what was? Remember, what did you bring back that one time from like break? Was it a trumpet? Did you bring back a trumpet or a clarinet? Uh, yeah, it was. It was an oboe. <laughs> the oboe. It was my aunt's oboe because I was like, oh, it'd be cool if I could, you know, learn how to play the oboe. And she the she oboe. had an oboe from like when she was in elementary school, so. I learned um, how to play a C major scale. So did you, so yeah, I was gonna Oh really? Wow. Me too. Wow, look at that. Yeah. Look at us. <laughs> look at us. Who would have thought? Musicians, yeah. It sounded like pure it's it sounded like several dying geese. It was really Oh god. Yeah, the oboe has always had I don't really understand how people enjoy playing the oboe. It just sounds so nah, screechy. You, you get a good oboe player playing a good oboe part. It's it's something. It's very nice, actually. Yeah, we okay. actually had a song on the half BDP called Oboe. Yeah. Okay. Was it you playing the oboe? It was, it was not. not. <laughs> who who played? Did you just get an oboe sound? Yeah, we just <laughs> got a the sample. Apple. Yeah, it was one of the yeah. apples. Uh, okay. Samples. That's the other thing. Okay. Recently, in uh, in this this uh, what's it called Renaissance that we've been having. For the- <laughs> We've kind of been moving away from the uh, <laughs> straight up sample, like Apple sample library, kind of making our own stuff, which yeah, has, so has been good. rewarding, I, I would say. And it's probably a lot more work. Yeah. But it lets yeah. you do more of like what you're like, you, you can get to what your end goal is and like what you picture a song to be easier than if you're just using like, obviously stock sounds. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. And I don't. Um, I don't. I, it might just be me. I don't know if you feel this way. It makes me feel like less of a bum musically. <laughs> yeah, because I'm not just right. That goes back which, to in the, yeah. In the first album, we, we would just like we'd find a sample that we like to be like, oh, that sounds great, and then we'd loop it just for three minutes straight, <laughs> <laughs> and nothing would change for the whole three minutes. So, can I ask you a question that I think I've been that's been begging to I've been begging to ask this of Kevin since he told me about the Beat Farm is that so you got to take this semi seriously, right? But how much of your music do you actually like? Do you like it all? Is it just like for a meme? What is it? I like especially the early stuff as a meme. Yes. <laughs> that is a good answer good answer good answer yeah i mean i like i mean the stuff as it's progressed i've grown to like it more and more i mean i think at the beginning i'd make something and be like oh that actually sounds pretty good better you know shit it up <laughs> by adding the okay. ugly ass bass okay yeah we, we would add a cowbell to every song it was like yeah. basically a requirement and i still, um, still kind of do that but, oh yeah, but like it fits way. It's not just yeah. the cowbell <laughs> topper loop for four <laughs> minutes. <laughs> yeah, but I would agree with Alex that a lot of the early stuff, like I said, right, was like, "Hey, let me find this bass and blow it right, like to smithereens." And like when you go from like our first album, Ravioli, right, which has a lot of that, and there's like a few, you know hidden gems in there right on a, a 16 or 15 song album that we started with our first release 
right? Um, you know, there's like one or two good ones on there for sure. Um, right, either being like okay, like musically, or being okay as in like, wow, like that was the first song that we made that was like semi decent. I actually really like it. Um, like, like Craft Punk is on there. That's a good one. I still like. Um, harvest season is always a fun one. That was like our. That yeah. was really our first like good, decent song that we made. Well, that's the first just one like, we like worked on to like legitimately as a collaborative effort that yeah. I can remember. Because you look at if you look at on Spotify, right? Like even that first album, you can see it's like released under the B form, but each song has like either Alex did it or like I made it, right? And then yeah. progressively you see oh like for Marcy Throw Five, like all of those basically. It's, we had worked on together yeah, yeah limoncello we had worked on all together um cannoli though like that has a lot of good songs that actually has our second album has our most played song ever which was chilled beats <laughs> which <laughs> I, I think I, just, I also had chilled beats on on my phone yeah people like that one that was the lot. one i think you were i think that was the yeah i think that was the one that i actually enjoyed like the, the most the one the most in the second the album first time no no it was song. it was it was the it was chilled i think it was chilled beats yeah chilled I, beats I, yeah i'm pretty sure actually now is the only song that of ours that has over a thousand plays so i think so why do you think that is yep, 1069 oh man did you take it off immediately afterwards? <laughs> let's just get out get it off did you, so why do you think that is uh, well, so, like I said, as we went on, we kind of, one, started take like, going back to your question, started taking it semi more seriously, right? Right. where it wasn't all about, hey, like, let's just get this gritty sub bass in there, right? <laughs> um, there's actually, unknowingly, right, like, a lot more production value that went into these. And when I say that, I'm saying it like an incredible bass level, right? Like, hmm. oh, we introduced stereo sound. Like not everything <laughs> okay. is coming through mono, right? And when I say that, it's you, know, you ever listen to a song, and right, it's like oh, like there's a sound in my left ear and my right ear, right? And it sounds like full, yeah, right. There's like a wall of sound yeah. is what they like talk about. So our old songs, everything was coming just right up the gut, <laughs> everything, <laughs> right? So like your synths, your piano, your bass, right? Everything was just in your face, and it, that's why it gets all muddy starting in i would say cannoli right and especially in chilled beats if you listen to that a wait, lot wait, of so cannoli, cannoli is the album right cannoli, cannoli the album? is the album that chilled beats is on and okay. that was where we really started to like up our production game just in, as far as like hey like this is the sound we're looking to make like i want to make that wide like full sounding song so chilled beats you listen to that and you get a lot of like the hats right that go on in there are definitely spread out in that stereo sound while you're still getting stuff coming through the middle. Um, and again, that was things that I know more about now than I did back right. then. I was like, oh, like I was going to say, so that goes directly good. to the musical theory conversation, kind of. Yeah. That wouldn't even be musical theory. That's just more like production, right? Like music production. Like you don't like, want yeah. everything just <laughs> like <laughs> coming at you right from the middle, right? In that one sound, like you want to make it. It, it one I think makes it more so pleasurable you want to make to listen an actual to. song yeah. that no, people yeah. will listen to. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I would say "Chilled Beats" was one of the first songs where we really had done that. Um, 
and then that carries over to right like more of our more recent stuff where marcy 305 uh which was is still i think to this day our most successful album right or like ep i think we technically couldn't call it an ep because i had like one more song than you were allowed to call an ep how many songs um, can you i actually never understood that how many songs do you was, need to call I it think an it's EP? five i think it's it's less right like you need five or less for an extended playlist and then <laughs> anything over that on spotify needs to be an album i think and we had seven yeah, and we were like yeah we can't we can't take this down we can't pare it down this is a full product <laughs> yeah, uh, we're, we're sorry but yeah. or Binghamton definitely couldn't yeah. have no dealt away with those. needs to be there and that's that, that's kind of what i that's what i like about marcy 305 is it's like it was the first time we actually kind of stuck to a theme yeah for, for the whole thing it was just kind of like binghamton theme yeah famous. that was kind okay. of the ode to when we started so okay. that was marcy 305 the was the dorm cover. room that we we lived in when that started and then you can actually yeah that is a legitimate picture of what our dorm room looked like that's actually alex's keyboard yeah in the cover okay. art there so that's a good one but again like there, there was much more production value that went well, into that also fun fact uh that exact location that spot in the common room was the first time we uh made anything with the young toad's laptop for beef farm so that's I don't know if that was intentional, but that's literally where the origins of Beat Farm are. And where they shall go. Um, okay, so let's so back to music in general. Do you guys yeah. so do you guys have what what personal what music do you are you guys into? What kind of music are you guys not into? Oh, this is um, a good one. Why? Because I think that me and Alex listen to very different music. That's yeah, true. I mean, I we all true. listen to very different music, I think, because even because Kevin comes to me and tells me about these rappers and not to sound like an old person, but I genuinely don't know who they are half the time because they have ridiculous names. And like for the majority of it, I just never really like it. So, OK, so let, let's get it. So what what music are you actually into, Alex and Kevin? Kevin, you want to go first, Alex? No, you go ahead. OK, um, so I would say that what Armand says is correct for half of what I used to listen to. Um, okay. Especially like in the, the, uh, the last few years, I would say um, where a lot of what I listened to was, I would, you know, like your general rap, right. I listened to, I used to listen to a lot of Drake, right. Which was like, okay. Um, and I listened to like X a lot back in the day. I liked like the really gritty bass stuff right like the soundcloud rappers who had like you know ski mask the slump god <laughs> is probably one that <laughs> you know you had been thinking of um right, that's one of them yeah and i mean i would say that i listened to a lot of that when i was kind of and this is another music thing right like your music kind of changes with how your mood is um mm, for sure yeah so like i was you know especially the past couple of years right like going through kind of a not great time um so i listen to a lot of that music and it's very like either like you know very like emo or like angry music um yeah. actually really gotten into the, to the early 2000s pop punk emo scene lately so i don't know what that says about my life but it's really it's really been hitting home yeah but see like good one though and i think that that speaks to 
a greater theme that maybe we'll touch on later, which is like, what does like music mean to you, right? Is like, it, it's always the actual. You know, it can change, right? Like, what music you listen to depending on you know the times you're going through. And then one thing I've always felt about music that has interested me is you know you can always tie like music to a specific time period that you were in, right? So like you can listen to a song and be teleported back to like a specific instance of when you for were sure. listening to that song yeah, which is sure. always cool I, I once brought that up to one of my friends is like she was in going into med school and studying like in binghamton for that and i was like is there any like science psychology behind like oh like people can tie music like so strongly to an event or like a feeling that they had and she was just like I think you just remember that the song was playing. And I was like, oh, okay. I was like, maybe I'm overthinking this. But yeah, I would say, like, I used to listen to more of that. But since then, right, and like generally, I like to listen to, um, like, more alternative bands, right? I like things that don't have necessarily a very specific genre. Um, and I like musicians who can do different things. So I think, right, they're. I listen to a lot of like who like when I'm like working like the Verns are pretty good. Uh, let me look. I can actually just pull it up okay. I'm on my computer. Alex, while he's doing that, why don't you uh, talk yeah, about okay. how, how you guys are different? Uh, well, so I mean, I I, mean, I guess everybody's kind of all over the place. Uh, I mean, I can't think of anybody who just listens to one genre because that's just yeah. Like, oh yeah, of course, yeah. Um, but I mean. Well, well, that's kind of the good thing about music is that it's it's so different compared to the first. It's so like it's such an identity to some people because it's it's what you listen to and what you enjoy. You know what I mean? Yeah, and yeah. I, I can actually go back and I can just say like where me and Alex differ, um, because I'm sure he listens to some of what I was going to look at or like something very similar. Um, in addition to what he holds his roots to, which I I'm pretty sure I know what he's going to talk about. I'd like to hear um, your predictions, actually. I mean, there's probably some easy ones in there. You're probably kind of come out with like some stuff that I'd be surprised about. Um, but right, like I would say, as far as when we make music, influences that I have would be like more of like that EDM scene, right? Which is more of the electronic music. So I listen to a lot of bass music, right? Where you have like Sippy, you have Excision, right? those type of people rez right is another good one and these are artists because I, I haven't heard of any of these people so, yeah, these, so these are, are all artists. artists um you'll have like more of your okay. melodic right like dubstepy music with um like i listen to a lot of wooly right he's very good he does a lot of other different kind of electronic bass music genres as well um just trying to think of some other people i've i've recently gotten really into drum and bass music as well um and I, I like Fox Stevenson a lot there. Um, but I would say a lot of the influence that directly affects like the music I like to try to make <laughs> um, would be from kind of that dubstep bass music um, type scene. Okay. That's interesting because like you said before, it's, it's, it's so interesting how you're, you're, because like I said in the beginning, you try to listen, you used to listen to so much uh, rap and now it's it's the EDM and it, your changes, you as a person, your changes. So do you find that going back and listening to old stuff, do you still do that or do you listen to, have you completely switched 
or do you just bounce around? What's your personal music experience like usually? Because like uh, for me, I'm more of an artist person. I'm not really a genre person. Like I like very specific artists, and if I think their music is good, I'm gonna listen to them. So, for example, I so I love John Mayer. I love John Mayer is oh, always the yeah. one I go back to. John Mayer. Oh yeah, that. Oh uh, Alex, finally I can talk to go. someone about John Mayer <laughs> in a nice way. Um, John Mayer, Drake. Be the next but, episode is uh, just John Mayer. Just as John Mayer. Oh, listen, I will get, I'll, get, I'll get our friends Matt and Nick on, and we will talk about John Mayer with you for an hour. Oh, yeah. And now he John Mayer is in our uh, our Instagram group chat, by the way. If yes. you're listening, John Mayer, by any chance, let us know what you think about our group chat. Uh, John Mayer, uh, Beat Farm feature one. Yeah. <laughs> if you're listening. Uh, yeah, so I listen to a very art, so I'm very artist specific. So I'm sorry, I, I interrupted Alex, but that that's kind of my experience. What what was yours, Alex? Oh, uh, well, actually, I had forgotten that I listened to a lot of John Mayer, but I do. Um, <laughs> that's so amazing. I'm glad you, I'm What's glad your you favorite know. album? Oh, it's got to be uh, live from uh, Nokia Theater. Oh, that's a lot of people's favorite. I actually his most recent one is the one that I was I actually enjoy the most. The Search for Everything. I really think every single one of that every oh, single yeah. song in that album is just phenomenal. Um yeah. no, okay, so John Mayer. Well, so you have a great well, taste in yeah. music. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well it's funny, I mean, that you were mentioning uh, you know, song or music that takes you back to a certain time. Uh I mean I was in uh Pittsburgh. I used to listen to Search for Everything all the time. That and I used to listen to uh, uh my beautiful dark twisted fantasy by Kanye all the time. Ooh, like those two classic, albums just on repeat back. Those two albums, are, yeah, that's so top two right there. My beautiful dark twisted fantasy is the best rap album I think of all time. It's like I I just listened to the entire thing the other day while I was working out, and every single one is just it hits. Every single one is phenomenal. Yep. No, it's just one after another. It's kind of uh, kind of crazy, but um, yeah. I mean, so I guess and that now he makes songs about God. Yeah, I mean, I didn't hate. Uh, Jesus is King. Uh, I thought a couple songs were pretty good. Uh, okay. But, so I mean, I so I guess to answer your question, I listen to a decent amount of Kanye. Uh, okay. So do you listen to new Kanye more or older Kanye? Um, I know you just I mean, said you like Jesus is King, but yeah, I mean Jesus is King, it, it was all right. Um, I liked, I really liked Pablo. That was yeah. I, think, I was about to say yeah. and cut it. Pablo, was Pablo. I think Pablo was his last good album. Pablo came out when we were made yep. me for him that was another influence. that was a big uh that was a big influence because i remember i used to listen to it i was like damn like this is uh some good this is good shit um i like that oh you know i liked kids see ghosts yep that's a good that. one too that came out while i was in pittsburgh again so i mean i was just getting into kanye and uh <laughs> that mm. popped out and i was like oh oh yeah oh yeah <laughs> that's what i'm talking about <laughs> um yeah, I mean that there's so there's that element of it. Um, I mean, recently I've been listening to like a lot of like BB King, Ella Fitzgerald, which is oh okay, uh, okay. <laughs> I've been listening to uh, what else? I mean, I listen to like classical stuff because so know, do I. <coughs> oh, what kind? So of, do you what, listen? What you? So so this is actually something I kind of wanted to get into too because I only listen to classical music when I study. So mm-hmm. when I study and I just study for the bar exam for the from like June to October. So I was listening to tons of classical music. What kind and of cl- I'm going to be honest with you, though. So there's a there's a playlist on Apple Music because I'm an Apple Music user. That's okay. 50 of the greatest 
songs of all time or whatever. And sometimes there's just a classical radio and I just press play and I can recite the music to every single song in the fifties in the 50 playlist in my head right now. Um, but it's, it's basically a lot of Mozart, Bach. It's, it's old stuff. Um, right. I don't really know. What's up? Oh, I was just, I'm always curious to hear what people like when they, when they listen to classical, what they listen to. Cause I don't know what I'm, <laughs> I was, I was kind of like hop around between different composers and I'm okay. always like, it, I mean, just cause I've heard of them, you know, and I wonder what other people have heard of and like to listen to when they listen right. to in normal circumstances, I don't listen to classical music, but for some reason, it really helps me study. It really, it like helps me zone in if there's, because I can't listen to words with regular, I can't listen to songs with regular words in them because I get distracted, right? Because mm-hmm. the, the type of person I am, if somebody's speaking, if somebody's saying things that I understand, my ear is automatically getting like turned to what they're saying to me. Um, so that's why I need to listen to classical music when I study it. So there are very specific circumstances. Kevin, when you mentioned you heard one song at a specific time in your life, when I think of classical music, I'm, I'm studying for the bar exam. I'm studying for law school, essentially. Um, I mean, it helps. I listen to French music. I listen to Edith Piaf. Um, yeah. there's an Armenian French singer that I've listened to. His name is Charles Osnavour, who I listen to when I would be studying. So that type of musical not the not the stereotypical music type is kind of what I'm used to um, when I'm when I'm doing things like that. Hmm. Uh, it's it's crazy. So do you guys do you guys have a, something like that as well? Do you guys have something where Kevin, you said you listen to EDM when you work, but is there anything that helps you get a specific thing done? Kind yeah, of, I guess, actually. is my question. <laughs> kind of like the music with me and studying. Yeah, I listen to the uh, Skyrim soundtrack. To, oh, <laughs> to like yeah. do work <laughs> and sleep. Same. which is great i mean it's awesome actually i have a playlist uh it's the skyrim soundtrack like all the non like fight music which yep because when that comes on on shuffle you're just like what the hell like who am i fighting yeah you start looking around you're like oh shit um there's that there are a few songs from the witcher soundtrack i don't know if you've played the witcher armand i know kevin hasn't because he's i haven't played it now um no, I yeah, played then, I did try Skyrim though, and I actually didn't like it. So, oh, okay. <laughs> no, <laughs> not even the soundtrack. Yeah, the soundtrack. <laughs> I don't think I got far enough in the game to appreciate the soundtrack. Ah yeah. man, the I've never, I've never listened soundtrack. to it outside of the game. Amazing. But um, so there's those. That's all in the mix, and then also I threw in the entire soundtrack to all the Lord of the Rings movies, and that is uh, beautiful. It's like a ten hour long <laughs> playlist. So that's I got you just listen to that all day long. Well, you just kind of throw it on. Lord of the Rings is a very good soundtrack. Oh yeah, all all of them do. Lord of the Rings is pretty pretty great. Yes. Can you share that with me? Uh, Sure. Nice. Beautiful. Hmm. Um, Um, Well, so for things that I listen to to get things done, uh, it soon will be a playlist that has all of the Skyrim soundtrack except for the fight songs, and then also Lord of the Rings. (laughs) Um, No, I mean generally for me. I'm not, and like, my job is generally I'm not doing work where I get to be relaxed, unfortunately. So I need, I've had many late nights where all you need is music to keep you awake, which is actually, I think, how I got into dubstep was. That's fair. I need something to keep me awake and that I can also listen to and somewhat enjoy. Um, So one of the first 
dubstep, I guess, songs or bass music songs was um, it was a Nightmare and Slander collab. And it was either, I think it was After All. Um, and that, like, is just, there's, like, a point where it just gets so loud. And that used to just keep me awake, like, my first year um, at my job. Huh. And I was like, damn, okay. Like, the, the the drop would hit there, and you were just like, all right, I'm awake. We're back. It's 2 a.m. No worries. <laughs> I used to um, with Motley Crue. When I was Motley Crue. <laughs> uh-huh. I'd have, have it on shuffle, and, like, I'd have, like, that, that playlist, the one with the Skyrim and the Lord of the Rings, and then I'd just... Mm-hmm insert somewhere in the playlist like kickstart my heart and it would just like pop on after like some enya song would come on and then then that and i would say nowadays right like i still listen to a lot of that music maybe not as heavy um right like going back to like the drama based stuff that i've gotten into more to like get me kind of amped for the day and i kind of just get in a mood and then i'm able to kind of like turn it off and just get focused on what i'm doing um yeah. That's yeah, that's that's what I so when I listen to Edith Piaf, it's that it's that song. It's actually from Inception. That's where I first heard it. Love the Rose. Um it's yes. Yep. Uh no, not Love Yon Rose. I do love I do like Love Yon Rose. It's um what is it? Non non I don't know how to say the word. Oh, non regret regret. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah, that song. That song has such like it's from inception and it's has the what they described it has like this falling quality and i feel like it just helps me kind of like zone in by the end of it like it's it's very it's a very good kind of relaxing exactly what you were describing kevin like relaxing about to put me in the mindset of what i'm about to get done uh and to get me in the right headspace essentially it's it's so interesting how music can do that for us yeah I had a I had a college assignment one time. At this point, I think I've read Genesis maybe seven times throughout college and in law school one time. The Bible Genesis. Uh, the Bible <laughs> Genesis. Genesis. I've no, I've re- I've read Genesis so much over the last seven years of my life, and because everyone always wants to talk about the creation story, and my one college professor had us listen to. A song that the way the way it kind of worked is that we had a general honors program and then we would separate into groups. So in the in the general sessions, we would like have a lecture and the groups were supposed to talk about it. So in one lecture, we talked about this nun that recorded music. I don't know. I couldn't even tell you what her name was. And was it Hildegard? We or something yes, like that. It was, was Hildegard. It? Okay. it was Hildegard. Yes. <laughs> I literally have no idea who Hildegard is, but I it that was definitely the name. Uh, and <laughs> that recorded music. Is she a nun that records music? Is that it? Yeah. Uh, is that what I she think, did? Yeah, no, that's it. Yeah. Well, I remember hearing wow. about some, interesting. some grad student. Must have been a really like, interesting lecture. No, yeah. One, one of the grad students was doing a project on her. I was like, oh, okay, that's that's great. That's fun. <laughs> that fun. sounds really fun. You, <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, so my professor had us listen to had us read Genesis, but listen to Hildegard while we were reading it. And it actually really changed the whole scope that I've read Genesis in. It was actually very enlightening is kind of the word that I would describe. It it changed the entire mood of it it just changed the way I thought. And it was so interesting how music had that quality because now I read it without it. And it was like, whatever, this is Genesis. 
But if I were to go back, I remember the feeling. Like I remember exactly where I was when I when I did this assignment in school because like it had such an impact on me at that moment. You know, it was like yeah. old school motet, like tenth century, where like just monks had to sing to keep their time. You know, keep busy. Some of that that stuff's pretty cool. Like the back, even the notation of it, if you look at it, like they didn't have like the the staves that we do today. So they just kind of had like weird diamond things that they like notated. And they all sang the same note usually. Right. But sometimes they sang like in parallel or parallel uh, fifth, they call them. It's just, it's cool the way they used to do it. Um, I, I had to take a seminar in it. But. So I, I, I have a uh, yeah, I don't, story I don't... to the yeah, uh, Armand Genesis story. And, you know, I, I can recall it to this day, just setting the stage of one of the greatest historical <laughs> moments of all time was uh there it was the binghamton spring concert and t-pain was on stage uh and actually i think his something happened but he was just doing uh vocal exercises for you know 15 minutes in the middle of his set and at that moment bartolo cologne pitcher for the new york mets hit a home run (laughs) And I will remember the scene forever. I know exactly where I was standing when that event happened. It's like, you know, people talk about, oh, you know, do you know where you were when, you know, we landed on the moon? Or do you remember, you know, where do you, you remember were when you JFK were was assassinated? Cologne hit, yes. hit a home run. Yeah, and so it's fun because even to this day, Twitter always reminds me of, you know, it has been X amount of years since Bartolo Colon hit that home run. <laughs> and I hope that that just continues on forever. <laughs> Basically the creation story. I, I would agree. <laughs> uh, so getting back to, so how do you guys going forward, where do you see the beat farm going? Is it going to continue? Is it going to, is it going to get more and more, I guess, musical? We're going Slash, to the, to the top, to, baby. Are you going to try to appeal to more people? Or are you going to keep it? Are you? What do you guys? What do you guys have planned? Straight to the bottom. No, <laughs> so so far to the bottom that we reemerge at the top. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's <laughs> exactly like Tunnel you can through, only. There's only the, one way through the planet core. <laughs> Back to the top. Tip top. Um, I mean, so we, we had kind of fooled around with the idea of a rebrand because we were like, wow, like, you know, we have Ableton now, like we should rebrand. And like, to be fair, that was Ableton is a, what is it actually? It's a professional level, like an actual professional level, like actual producers use it, uh, music production software. For for everyone who is listening, did you buy it or did you guys? How'd you get? Oh it? yeah, I'm still paying it off actually. Uh, <laughs> oh, on really? the plan that I yeah, um, it's not cheap. No, um, which is why we never bought it. Right. So generally, what it is. Let me get the actual abbreviation of or whatever this is. Daw meaning. Yeah, it's uh... it's a daw d a w, which is a digital audio workstation, and the two most popular are Ableton. And also FL Studio, which is Fruity Loops Studio. That's for okay. Windows. Uh, Mac has Logic. Yep, okay. and then Logic Pro yeah. is you said on Mac, right? And Logic yeah, Pro so. is basically a professional grade GarageBand. Right. 
as mentioned by people who use Logic Pro. Um, but yeah, basically what we were working on was essentially <laughs> GarageBand Mobile. Um, which, as when, you I, can when imagine, I did my first podcast, I did Anchor Mobile and it was awful. So I can only yeah. imagine what GarageBand Mobile was like. So when you listen to some of our older stuff, you if know. You, if you listen to any of that. our stuff, like <laughs> we haven't released anything from Ableton. Oh, true. Yeah, yeah, so everything uh-huh. you've heard is from GarageBand Mobile. as like us yeah. waving our fat fingers all over the screen, trying to, like, oh my on like, God. an iPhone. Like, yeah, so remember that, everyone. When you listen to some yeah. of our stuff before the new stuff, remember, it was all done on a phone. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> all like, of it. Tony Stark built this in a cave. Yeah, basically. Yeah. I mean, some of the newer stuff, right? Like, you think about some of the older stuff, you'd be like, oh, yeah, this is this was made on a phone. <laughs> but, like, some of the newer stuff sounds like maybe it was not made on a phone. <laughs> right? Yeah, um, yeah. You know, you, you turn a couple knobs that you find, and it's like, wow, look, stereo sound, and we can add some layered sound in here, and bam, you got limoncello. Some <laughs> reverb, damn. Right, like it's like, hey, Kevin, I can change the volume on these tracks. <laughs> yeah. they, they don't have to all be at a hundred. Yeah, that's a good one too. Um, but yeah, oh, I would. Don't you have a Mac? Why couldn't you do this on a Mac? No, I don't. Oh, <laughs> yeah, God. he doesn't have a Mac. The no, Mac yeah. that we started on. Does left Windows third Does memory. Windows not have an an audio editing software? No. Not like GarageBand. Oh, it's got Audacity, but that's not even. Kevin, to. I would have sold you my old MacBook so you could use GarageBand on it for oh, whatever. So, so this brings up a good point, is we learn, and Alex, I have to find exactly what you said, but I, I had actually bought Ableton first, right? And I, because I, I was like doing my whole, I want to learn more about actual music production and get a little more, you know, in the details with it. And I told Alex, I was like, hey, I bought Ableton. And I was kind of like subtly winking, right? Subtle winking. At, hey, Alex, you should also get Ableton. It wasn't be... that subtle. I think you said that. <laughs> I was like, we should definitely get Ableton. And eventually, Alex just, I was like, hey, like this is what I'm doing. And I sent him a screenshot. And then he just was like, oh, inferior color scheme. And showed <laughs> me like his Ableton screen. I was like, oh, yeah. And he said something along the lines of, let me find the direct quote. Because I definitely still have it in my messages. <laughs> Um... No. I guess to fill the space, I've got a. I have a different friend who's doing, like his own separate music production kind of stuff, and he also does kind of mm-hmm. electronic yeah. stuff, and he uses Ableton as well. So that was an additional factor, certainly for me getting me getting it and i mean it's a great program like i mean it's <laughs> i don't know if we're getting any Ableton and like you guys i think you alluded to it earlier you yeah you alluded to it earlier this will actually allow you to not use just stock sounds right yep. now you can actually or is this what allowed you to do that well i mean like you can do it so does this mean you're gonna start too. actually recording recording okay what? but recording. can you do it on mobile garage band yeah you well, can we had, we had vocals yeah, in, uh, one of our yeah, mobile please, garage uh, ball out uh, has me okay. singing. <laughs> I recorded that on my phone, sitting in a car. Yeah, 
Uh, and then huh. P- Please Don't Leave has a vocoder uh, that I Wham. That I made. Vocoder, vocoder, which our new song also has vocoder uh, in it. Also me on a vocoder. Copying a sample pack that I found. That was so funny. since you like John Mayer, are you going to use some John Mayer influence? Or is Kevin just not going to let you do that? Because he's evil. Yeah, Ke- no, Kevin, Kevin does suck. Um, but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Whoa. I mean, that's, a cool, that's a cool thing about... That's the cool thing about music, too, is that, like, I mean, because I, I did a lot of composition when I was doing my degree, and it's, it's like, 90% stealing other people's music, but then the other 10% mm-hmm. is, like, making Fair. it look like it's not stealing, you know? Like, I wrote a... Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I wrote this one thing, and, like, I didn't even realize it, but after the fact, I was, after the fact, I was like, oh, that's literally this thing from Skyrim, but it's, like, dolled up in a different way and like i mentioned that to somebody else and they were like what are you talking about it's not it does it doesn't even sound like it which was great it was a great inadvertent compliment from them Um, but i mean so much is just like taking stuff that you like and recontextualizing it or putting different chords over it or something and you know doing that kind of thing so which i mean plays well into the sampling kind of thing like if you can find a sample and you just add other samples to it that turns it into not the original sample anymore, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, mean, I think that was kind of cool about sampling, but um, I mean, it's also been a lot of fun making up new, uh, making up our own samples, you know? True. Uh, I couldn't find the text message, but it was something oh. along the lines of Ableton is like if you gave a caveman who was painting with his own shit oil <laughs> pastels. there's one feature especially on ableton that i just like lost my mind over looking at it because it was like it allows you to like format the exact like wave of a sound that's coming through and like you can adjust like the amplitude of the wave you can like make it like sharper you can make it like adjust the frequency you can add over can't do that on an iphone no No, you can't Is that the wavetable? Yeah, it is. Uh, a stock Ableton? Yes. Ableton has a lot of very good stock yeah. like plugins that you can use, too. Well, I mean, if we both got, like, the, you know, t- deluxe Ableton. Deluxe. So it came with quite a bit, um, including, like, uh, so what are they called? Like, orchestral stuff. Um, mm-hmm. There are a lot of free... I mean, that's the cool thing about Ableton, too, is there's lots of tons of free stuff out there. Free just... wink that we paid for. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and I mean, there's also paid stuff. Yeah, I mean, you can yeah certainly legally acquire things that are of high quality, um, and that's great, you know. So the bee farm's getting an upgrade, or got an upgrade, I should say. Yeah, the yes. bee farm, from a technological standpoint, and I guess also for me learning more about theory and production, has gotten an improvement. And if anyone wants to listen to where we stand on the song that we've been working on, it is up on our SoundCloud, um, or at least like an iteration from like a month ago that we're still tinkering with. But you know, I think now is probably. I don't know if you go ahead. Uh, I don't know if you've listened to it, but I would suggest you do, and you can let us know uh, how far. What's you the think name that of it? We've come. It is called Notice. It's just and, notice, right? You didn't put the whole yeah, title. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's just notice, and I mean, it, it'll be 
the most recent. Let me go to SoundCloud. It was just like an amalgamation of like dates that we sent it on. Yeah, <laughs> just like noticing a whole bunch of like the, numbers. The last public one <laughs> is well, that was all the private versions, or just oh, yeah, I yeah. would just do yeah, whatever. Yeah. Um, I think is it ten fourteen notice dash WIP ten fourteen or ten nineteen? No, it's the ten fourteen one. It's the one with the Among Us minion little dude sitting on of the ground. Course. Uh, okay, so where so now is probably a good time for you guys to drop your ads. Where can people listen to you? Oh, uh, well, if find you know, you on social media, anything. Yeah, well, you know, if you want to give us a listen, you can search the Bee Farm on uh, Spotify, Apple Music. I think and we're on Beat B E A T. Not yep, B-E-A-T. the Beat Farm with the the. And uh, we're on Apple most, Music. Most of the albums are going to have a. Uh, a beat a meatball and a sausage walking around on them true yep uh literally just with the changed color scheme yep um so you'll see us on there i think we're on like whatever we're on youtube like i think they throw those on there like where we release through um what's the other one what's like pandora oh really pandora and you're on apple music you didn't say apple music i did say apple music yeah I I did. oh did you yeah we're on apple music spotify Anything that like we would want you to be able to listen to our music on, I think we're on, for the most okay. part. How hard is it for it to use to get songs on there? There are certain requirements, I'm assuming, right? Is it super hard um, to comply with? No, you can't if... use any sam- any actual licensed samples. I'd like to note because okay. we tried to get Roll Boys Roll on there, <laughs> notably, and they yeah. just were like, "This is entire. This whole song is a sample. <laughs> you can't use that." <laughs> Uh, which is really mean? disappointing. <laughs> All of these pirates singing a sea shanty from Assassin's Creed Black Flag huh. is not our song <laughs> <laughs> with a beat that we put on it. No way. But yeah, we're on there. I put, um, I put a lot of effort into that beat. Oh, I still listen to it to this day. You know, yeah. definitely a mood booster. <laughs> um, Felinor Trappy, another uh, SoundCloud classic from back Felinor in the day. Felinor Trappy. Really yeah. Good. Uh, we have a Twitter. I don't really do anything. It's me, generally, on there. But yeah, same. With everything going on, it's been kind of dead. Except, like, you know, when Needless Notions mentions you, you must answer. <laughs> um, but yeah, the, the big thing is listen to our music so we can get that .00034 cents yeah. per stream. <laughs> Uh, that is what we dollars that we've made are, are feeding my kids so <laughs> yeah i mean but we are technically a globally listened to group at this point <laughs> Some I, listen, I, it's, it's nice that you even got paid from it at all yeah. i saw i didn't get paid like, from this a couple of weeks ago there was some guy in like it was i think indonesia was listening to the beat farm oh yeah spicy yeah one dude in that one city in Indonesia. <laughs> I mean, he's having a great time. I hope so. He probably told his <laughs> friends. I hope this wasn't like a, a cry for help. <laughs> We're being signaled by <laughs> listens that people need help. Uh, but yeah, I mean, we've toyed with like, we've given money to charity. Like, I mean, just like not beyond like, obviously beyond like what money we've made from streaming. Okay. Um, it's just kind of a nice platform to be like, hey, like you know, 
donate to this. So like I know earlier in the year with the Australian like wildfires and stuff, we had donated for that. Um, for like Limoncello at the end of the year, we're donating any money we've made from that to like COVID relief and um, I think something else. I can't think. That's of good that. for you guys. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's just like a nice else. thing yeah. to do. Okay. Um, hmm. Wow. What a discussion this was. <laughs> Lots about the bead farm. I learned a lot about the bead farm that I yeah, didn't no. know about. It's been, you know, it's been like five years now, I think, which I don't know a lot of things that I've done for five years um, that are still going, right? Like, it, it's it's nice to just have that, like, kind of fun little hobby, especially, like, when you're aiming to, like, improve, right? Like, obviously, Alex has well, no, I mean, I, much I larger... Have no knowledge whatsoever about production. I mean, you've already surpassed <laughs> me by, like, 50-fold in that area. Like, I'm yeah, and I think especially with the new stuff, that's like kind of a nice balance is where I've kind of upped my game on the production side, right? Is like just having then Alex, who is just a musical genius. I used to introduce <laughs> Alex to like people at the bars at Binghamton. I'd be like, yeah, this guy is the best musician I know. And they'd be like, okay. And I was like, yep. <laughs> yeah, thank, um, thank you. Yes. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it's really fun, especially you know, I'm kind of novice, like we mentioned with like chord progression and stuff. So I'll try to like piece something together and I'll send it over to him and be like, Hey, like I gave this a shot or like a melody and he'll be like, "Mm, (laughs) this is good, but we can make it a little better. And then I, you know, I pay attention to what he does. And like he had mentioned before, like chord voicing and stuff that I just, I would never know, but it helps out so much. So to have that balance, it's a good team you know yeah yeah it's it sounds like it (laughs) okay it's been a good uh so yeah that i think this is a pretty much a good place to wrap it up uh everyone you should go and listen to the beat farm they have a pretty fair amount of music uh to check out and uh give your feedback on it (laughs) give them a follow and then send memes yeah (laughs) send me send memes to the twitter that should be one of your album names, or at least a song. It's just well, send oh, memes. Yeah, we were gonna... <laughs> what, yeah, it's funny you say that. One of them was going to be a uh, send nudes, uh, written in Morse code. But <laughs> of course. But then the the release people were like, "Oh, you can't have, you can't have Morse code." Like, no. Do you, you want to know what the actual email was? Yeah, please. It was you cannot have a song title that does not contain any letters. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I, I thought it was that the problem was that it was all special characters. Why don't we just throw like, yeah. let's throw a Q just at the end of it, I guess. Like send nudes, Q. E, like the E <laughs> meme, E. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, look out for that one. Yeah, that's coming oh, up. God. All right. Uh, if you want to follow us, our ats are at Needless Notions on Twitter and Instagram and uh, email at NeedlessNotions at gmail.com. And, and yeah, memes to at the beat farm. <laughs> I send Please. memes to at the beat farm. Alex, honestly, if you want to have that John Mayer podcast, I'm totally down. I also, I kind of want to just have one about musical theory now. Yeah, I mean, like, I won't explain it well, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> I'll like ramble incoherently through half sentences for about an hour about just perfect. random topics. And yeah, perfect. if you want that, then well, I'll do that. Sure. Okay. Perfect. All right, guys, thanks for coming on, and uh, 
I'll see everybody in the next one.